Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Erio's original. Okay, we should do our ask, Camilla. Hi. If you could just open up that podcast app and do both of these things. Number one, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Number two, rate us five stars. Both of these things are important. They're good for us. They're good for you because we can keep doing the pod. And you'll feel great about it. And we'll feel great about it. And everyone should feel great. Yes. So just subscribe and give us five stars. The world is burning. And the least you can do mm. is support women of color. Absolutely. This Excellent is more point. of a demand. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a demand. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Love you. Welcome to Foxy Browns. I'm Priyanka. I'm Camilla. And this is a podcast that navigates beauty and wellness from our perspectives as women of color. This week, like every week, we're talking stuff and things, tips and tricks, and deconstructing Western beauty standards. And we are joined by special guest, America Ferreira. Hi. We and tried to think of an introduction. Yeah. But we were like, <laughs> is that insulting? That's kind of like America is literally America's sweetheart. So I don't know how <laughs> There's to not, intro. We're just yes. vamping now. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm a fan. Oh, well, so we're a fan of yours. <laughs> Even though my husband has been trying to keep us apart for years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. over a decade. It's such a long time ago. My, my husband, Rodney, my beloved, he wrote um, a pilot many years ago for HBO called 515 an Hour. And the stars were America and Retta who we also had on. That's where I met Retta, and we've oh, had, like, a, a lovely friendship ever since. But I was, was like, greatest. 19 when I did that pilot. You were? Yeah, and Rodney was, like, an old man to me. But now, was, looking yeah. back, he was 29, yeah. maybe? <laughs> like, he wasn't even 30. Yeah, getting his was it? Pilot. It was 2004, I think. So he was 30. So he was, like, barely old 30. Old man. And I was like, he's so old. <laughs> Sorry, Rodney. Um, but what an experience. He loved Richard Linklater directed Richard it. Richard Linklater. Like, and you know what's funny Richard. is, well, we didn't get picked up because they picked up some show called Entourage instead of us. Which is the um, funniest. You know. Like, they couldn't be more diametrically yeah. opposed. I was saying that I accidentally had an entire Entourage, like, a marathon yesterday for no good reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, and it's still ridiculous. <laughs> but <Aww>. with... <laughs> Still some moments of levity. Still fun. Um, but yes. <laughs> it's funny because yeah. the show I'm on now, Superstore, yeah. like has a lot Elements. of 515 yes. an hour in it. I'm like, this is that show just yeah. for broadcast, not cable. And also like, I guess now we're ready for it. It was yeah. like 515 was ahead of its time. Rodney's a visionary and I always tell him this. I'm like, you yeah. were always selling things five years before anyone is ready to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. always, always, always. Everyone's like, where's the, you know what I'd love to see? A space movie about blah, blah, blah. And he's like, let me dust here. Like, here. here you go. I, I did that. <laughs> I yeah. did that. He did everything always. Um, but we are so excited to have you on and we wanted to talk about what well, we always start talking about uh, start off talking about stuff and things which is like products um treatments, treatments experiences and things that you know all things that you've tried and want to and you know warn other people not to mm-hmm. <laughs> not to use like stay clear what are you enjoying using or doing this week so um i'm not like a big product person mm-hmm. i'm really 
bad at shopping. And plus, I'm I I am extremely ridiculously privileged in that people send me things. But mm-hmm. most of the time, I end up like giving it away to my mm-hmm. sisters because I don't. A generous sibling. <laughs> I always say yes because yeah. I know there's someone to give it yeah. to. Yeah, which I shouldn't like admit that because then people will just never send me. Things. No, because yeah. they want. I mean, not only yeah. do they want you to take. I used to be an agent. I know I've already told you, but let me tell you how it works. They want you to send stuff, but then they also want you to like share it with people to be yes. like, I endorse yeah. this product, product. sisters. Yeah. Go tell everyone else. Yes, I wish I was better at that, but I'm just yeah. like not. Anytime I'm like, oh, I want to post about something i'm like it's just not my voice no. and i can't do it you don't have to do um, it. but i will say that i when i got pregnant two years ago i got really into acupuncture oh yes great someone recommended yes. like because yeah. i had like the sciatica yeah. mm-hmm. me too stuff. i don't understand how it works i don't <laughs> but it works acupuncture, but it just does but it, it works. just it's works magic yeah. i mean it's yeah. magic it's and it's it's but also it's like the thing that makes the most sense yeah. where it's like, oh, you mean like my whole body's connected yeah, and like Who knew? blood flows through my entire body <laughs> and you're just going to help my blood flow better. Anyway, it was magic. And I love my acupuncturist. And she like a year in was I was talking to her about like facials and whatever. And she's like, oh, I could do an acupuncture facial. What? And I was like, what? what? What is that? What do you mean? Tell is she here? Is she in New York? And she is here sometimes. She's oh. actually based in Atlanta. And oh. she comes back to LA. <gasps> um, and she, I would fly to Atlanta. <laughs> she'll, no, she'll be here like right. once a month. But I got like, I've gotten an acupuncture facial twice. And what is it? It's I amazing. Um, but it's one of those things yeah. like you have to do a few times before yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, it really like has softened that line yeah. or whatever it is. But yeah. the way she explains it is, you know, we're like, and, and I don't know a lot about Botox, but here's my layman interpretation is that she was saying like Botox actually like, like messes up your own body's ability to yes. create collagen, yeah. which yeah. is the thing that like we want. It deadens Whereas, everything. Yes. It's like, and ruins you and like makes you beholden to like Botox to look Ex- like a normal yeah, person. It's literally pa- like paralysis. Yeah. So yeah. And acupuncture boosts your own ability to create more collagen. So yeah. the more you do it, like yeah. it's just this effect that keeps building where like you're reminding your face how to produce collagen and then you look, then you age backwards. How have I, I never thought about this? I am so mad at myself. <laughs> I hate when there's a gap yeah. in our knowledge. I have, I have a picture that I don't Please. show anyone oh my God. Yeah. that I will show you guys of like the needles in my face yeah. and you want to see what it looks yes. like. How um, have I never thought? Of, and I am like a big believer, guys, in acupuncture for everything. The reason that a lot of us, I think, find it during pregnancy is because you can't have any medication during pregnancy uh, right, and no right, treatments. Right. So even like I have a headache or I have this back pain, like you cannot take a painkiller. Um, so you got to go to like, oh my wow. God. <laughs> wow. And that's so not even with needles. all of them in my face. There's usually <gasps> more. That's, that's incredible. incredible. And like, I feel like I've undergone... Like, I feel like fa- extractions and facials are, like, the yeah. most painful. So painful. Yeah. That, like, this was nothing compared to, like, extractions. Cool. What were the first few, like, what was the first thing that you noticed that it had improved in your skin after doing it? So, it was just, like, a glow. Yeah. Your face yeah. Like, truly, amazing. like, yeah. it just, like, The indescribable glow. <laughs> and you were also going to look young forever. I mean, that's yeah. the benefit of, like, you know us all not being redheads <laughs> you know <laughs> i yeah i mean yes i think the 
the gene yeah. line in the women in my family is pretty I mean, good. Let's but be I'm, grateful. I am starting to, like, you know, there's yeah, that turn where you yes. all of a sudden go like, yes. oh, I, I kind of look like really my them. aunt or like yeah. mine. But like, why is that? Yeah. The skin's not really moving back as quickly as it used to. But I am, I am committed to not... Um, hating myself yes yes to be thinking about and and um and I, oh i remember saying to her like oh is that silly to like take a treatment where i could be treating my whole body and do it for my face is that like stupid and vain and she's like oh no your whole health and well-being will benefit from the facial acupuncture so i'm still getting You're all still the watching, like yeah. really the immunity boosting benefits because there are all these um there are all these points in your like skull and your jaw and your face that relate to everything else. Yeah. So you're doing a mm. facial acupuncture treatment, but you're getting like the whole body benefit. You know, this we did an episode where we talked about blowing. reflexology and it was kind of the same thing. It was yeah. like, why does this work and why do I feel better? I don't know, but it works. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but I And feel if better. you ask, they'll tell you. Like yeah. my acupuncturist is like lovely, like the loveliest mm-hmm. human. And she started Chinese medicine because she herself got sick like diagnosed and it this was how she like made herself better and it's not like it feels like voodoo magic but every time i'm just like explain this to me again why this works and then she does and i'm like that is not magic like it just makes sense Mm -hmm. but it feels like magic when when you go oh my back hurts and she sticks something in your foot and you're like my back no longer hurts like immediately no absolutely during my pregnancy i had this both i've had two kids so so every symptom Every single symptom from uh, I was nauseous like crazy with the first baby. Then the second baby, I had my thyroid got really swollen and mm. I had like this weird temporary goiter. Oh my and god! Acupuncture got rid of that, and then the pain, various pains. My hair was fu- like everything. I was like, I don't know, Doctor Jing, and she's like, I'll take care of you. <laughs> I'm like, go in, and she would fully. It'd be like four or five sessions, a tea, and I'm done. She yeah. helped bring my milk in after <gasps> I had a baby. Really? Like I, I was doing okay, but I remember there was a moment oh, when I went so back so to I went back to work ten weeks after I had him, and and immediately, like I got on my feet and my milk supply went yeah. down because your body like just wants to be doing that, and I was like not quite ready to stop, <sighs> and she like put in these points, and I just felt the wow. milk rush into my boobs. <laughs> I was like. All the like booby bars and the yeah. things they tell oh you to God. like the eat oatmeal and cookies and, and the and, pumping and the and she like brought my milk back in. It was wow. amazing. I'm a true believer. Acupuncture facial. Damn, I'm so mad at myself that I hadn't considered this before. We're gonna find one no. in. A, we're gonna find. Yeah. We're gonna figure this out. <laughs> what was your Cam? What was your thing? Stuff and thing. Daniel Kaluuya, who I've known for a very long time. We did skins together a very long time, but his mum makes a moisturizer (laughs) in her kitchen and it's crazy i don't know what's in it she's a scientist she basically from um she's ugandan Mm -hmm. um and basically so this i i think that there is some element that there are there are a lot of herbs that she does bring back from uganda that she incorporates into this moisturizer it smells incredible every time i wear it in public someone will a stranger will say to me, it says, wow, you smell amazing, which is usually a creepy thing to hear from someone, but it's, it's nice. Um, and it is so rich and it's also like an oddly healing cream. And so for things like, you know, kind of chapped skin or if I'm having like a weird little kind of irritation, it just does everything. And she doesn't monetize it, which is hilarious. So she just, she makes it for Daniel 
and like <laughs> ten oh of his scars, <laughs> and for ten of his, but you look at Daniel's skin; it's he amazing. Has the most incredible he skin of all time. Skin. Ridiculous. So but it's the only way to get it. Is yeah. To so Daniel's it's literally you have to be Daniel's. Skin. <laughs> she makes him like ten people. <laughs> I don't know who the other ten people are. We need so to it's find like out not fair it. that you're telling anybody. You can't include a link. What because I just I I'm include I'm basically I'm talking about it to try and convince them to make it a yeah. product yeah. that they will launch and share with everyone else because it's amazing it's the only thing i can use and like i'll put it on like an 11 hour flight and it's the only thing it'll keep me moisturized the entire time is it daily um no it's like it's just when my skin really needs it and yeah. also i try and make it last because <laughs> it has to come from england <laughs> and it just shows up in this like black pot with no markings wow. on it and i'm just so careful about rationing it until i get like the next re-up it's like the wire and I'm waiting for like a new brick of cocaine. But it's like the one beauty product I don't share with anyone. That like is it's it's mine. Beyond exclusive. I don't even it's, know what to say about that. But I just really want Daniel and his mom to make this moisturizer. We should get them and deal everyone. with the Tracy Ellis Ross company. That's exactly what we should do. Daniel, yeah. let's make it happen. We need to we need to do it. We need the cream for everyone. My special thing which i was just really grateful for this week just being a, a parent and my life is a shambles um was uh was drea lewark who is the girl who cuts my hair drea and i met like 15 years ago when i was like a single poor lady living in mid-city and i met her at a salon on abikini and she cut my hair and she was like it's cheaper if i come over <laughs> and ever since then she's come over to cut my hair and color my hair and she has seen me through a boyfriend who I married and then had two kids with. And she now cuts my son's hair. And um, last time she was over, my son looked at Dre and goes, you're going to cut her hair next, like pointing to the baby. And she was like, yeah, give it like six months. And I just thought it was like the sweetest thing in the world. Oh it saves so much time, by the way. Have you ever, you have never needed to probably to take a small child for a haircut? Mm, can't say I have. How old is your kid? He's only 15 months. Yeah. And I don't so, plan on cutting his hair for 18 years. No. no. <laughs> I still have like a Ziploc bag with like his first haircut hair. And oh, I cried and cried and cried. Those baby he curls. He was over two. It's like once way you over cut the too. Hair, then they look like I know they look like babies. Anymore. I know every time he gets a haircut, Rodney cries like every single time still, and he's <gasps> over five. But the time she saves me, like when I add up, like I got to go to the salon and do this. That's like a three hour thing. Um, what she usually does, she, she comes over, she cuts it, she puts the foils in, and she leaves. That's a thirty minute process. And it's five to cut his hair. Like she is in and out in forty five minutes, and that saves me like a day basically and that yeah. stuff and that self-care it's just when you're trying to figure out and i just had a baby you know she's 11 months um oh. when i'm trying you know it's so fun and so hard um when i'm trying to figure out like where i am i'm just telling Riley the other day it's like i feel like i'm disappearing again you know like that yeah. kind of thing and like a haircut can make you feel so good like oh my God. a woman who will come to your house and cut your hair for a reasonable fee is so so it's such an asset so drea lewark i will just dm me and i'll send you her number you know, <laughs> she's on the west side and on the east side i know there's a wonderful woman named rebecca du milan who does the same thing and i have her number as well so if you are in los angeles and looking for a home haircut that's gonna make you feel great let me know so you have a 15 month old mm -hmm. and this is your first baby my first your baby. first in me oh yeah look at your face i know, I know. you're beaming <laughs> i'm like obsessed in that's love. wonderful it's such a wonderful time i know oh. i feel like people expect look at that yeah. i mean that's an exception it's nice and round <laughs> i feel like people him. expect you as a mother to complain 
Mm-hmm. And like they want you to complain so they feel like, I don't know, like yeah. misery loves company. But yeah. like I have very few complaints. Like yeah. I, I mean, not that it's not difficult, but it's like I just like he's so delicious. I love him so much. And it's I didn't I wasn't able to do anything for myself for yeah. like I think he was. 13 months the first time I went to work out again. But I remember the first time I went and got my teeth cleaned after I had him. It had been like six months, like my teeth were falling out. And and I literally sat in the chair as the nanny. I didn't want to leave him at home. The the Mm. baby nurse was, was strolling him around the block. And I sat in the chair thinking of all the terrible things that could happen yep. to him while he was strolling around mm-hmm. the block and thinking how it would be my fault because I chose to get my teeth mm-hmm. clean instead of be with my child. Mm-hmm. And remember thinking like, this is bad. Yeah. Like yeah. I, yeah. I can't sit and get my teeth clean. Yeah. Like without feeling yep. horrible. It's a real and thing. I was like, Oh, this is real. This, and I didn't think I would be that person, nope. but then you are. Yeah. And, and so it took me a while and I feel like I'm still. He's 15 months now. I just started working out again, Mm -hmm. which has been so much more about mental health than anything Mm -hmm. else. Like just saying like, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Even if he's awake, I'm Mm going to do this. Even if like I got off work early and should run home and like play. Like I didn't think it would be that hard for me. And Mm -hmm. it really, really is. Yeah. That's so so interesting as well. Because I mean, you were like, you know, someone who runs triathlons, like you're pretty athletic. Mm. And so, you know, feeling, you know, how has your relationship to um to exercise change yeah and is it you know has it are there some things that are physically more difficult or is it just the mental barrier of not wanting to of you know kind of fighting the urge to um only be with your son or are there also things that you are able to do now that you weren't able to do prior to having a child yeah well i was i was training for a triathlon when i got pregnant with him so i was super fit But I was very nauseous in the Mm -hmm. beginning and very tired. The exhaustion is ridiculous. And I just cold turkey stopped. Like I just stopped. Like something actually can't do it. I couldn't do it. I was, I remember I was directing an episode of my show and I was pregnant, early pregnant and no one knew, Mm -hmm. no one knew. And I was like doing a location scout and (laughs) on the lot. And my, my first AD was talking to me and I just felt this sudden urge to close my eyes and go to sleep. And I was like, you know what? I have to go to the bathroom. And he's like, okay. And I went into the prepping director office, closed and locked the door and fell asleep. Mm -hmm. Like it is, was so overwhelming the exhaustion that I was like, something has to early, like four or five weeks in directing. Yeah. Like right Mm -hmm. away directing, acting, um, doing um, or organization work that for this organization my husband and I started and like being pregnant, I was like, something has to give and it was the working out. I mean, it just went out the window mm-hmm. and through my whole pregnancy, I didn't work out. I did do acupuncture. I mm-hmm. did see an osteopath. I walked around the block, but like working out was yeah. off yeah. the table and it took me till he was 14 months old. So yeah. it's like almost two full years yeah. of just like stopping. But, you know, I again, like, I have a very strong commitment in this portion of my life of like refusing to hate myself, refusing Mm -hmm. to be hard on myself Mm -hmm. and sort of just saying like my body did this amazing, amazing, incredible thing. Like I 
grew this human being and brought him into the world and and then fed him off my body for seven months while I was working mm-hmm. and doing all kinds of things that, you know, yes, I like, I love feeling strong and I love like, you know, fitting into my smallest genes or whatever, but, but I feel like I've finally, truly, genuinely, I'm in a place where like, if I'm thicker or have more flesh on me at a certain Mm -hmm. point in my life, like I, I want to be able to look in the mirror and say like, that's beautiful too. And, and I feel like culturally there it is bubbling up that feeling of like we're we're allowed to just be where we're at and and love that and that hasn't always been the case for me yeah and i think there is also like especially related to pregnancy there is i mean there is a procedure for um every thing that happens to you know there from tummy tucks to boob jobs to you know to vaginal rejuvenation but this obsession with this notion of like stasis mm-hmm. that the idea is this you know, creating this absolutely false illusion that nothing happened to your body <laughs> is that it did not ha- you know just mm-hmm. a child and feed it this entire time that is exactly the same as it was before and that's really bonkers to me and i mean there does seem to be like you say you know um a, a ground swell of people rejecting that notion and i think that you know for all of its you know ills like with social media a lot of those communities i feel like have been building from that area there are several hashtags like postpartum like reclamation narratives but you know the kind of the largest one was like take back postpartum which was just like and it was as simple as a lot of women who had just had children posting pictures of their stomachs yeah this is what this looks like without a tummy tuck like um, but also so much of the conversation around becoming pregnant and so much of the fear um around uh, how your body's how you're going to change is um is physical what is my body going to look like what is my body going to feel like is am i ever ever going to get my body back probably if you work hard enough and you look work out and you eat right everything will come back to us to resemble what it was before but the thing that gets ignored is the mental health Mm -hmm. everyone thinks that you're gonna have a baby and then maybe you'll be depressed and then you'll take pills and then you'll be fine or you'll just be fine you'll have blues for a couple of weeks but the emotional impact of having a child is like nothing i've ever experienced and i'm sure you can talk about it because you're talking about how you had to work out for your mental health yeah well for you know for me it started so early on like this realizing how how unsupported the the process of becoming a mother is in our culture Mm -hmm. um like starting with like the baby shower right Mm -hmm. like the notion of a baby shower like makes me want to break out into hives you know the idea of like Mm -hmm. um fucking cupcakes and poopy diapers on the donkey or whatever the fuck. I'm like, are you, I am literally dying. Like my entire life that I've, as I've known it is going to be gone and I'm going to become something new. And of course there's light and beauty and joy in that, but there's also like something to be more funerals. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, it was, it was one of the most empowering things I've ever done for myself is I asked for what I needed in that moment. And I remember thinking like a baby shower will make me feel 
horrible. Mm. I will feel empty. I will feel unseen. I will feel unsupported. And what I actually need right now is the women in my life who know me who have seen me through the changes in my life, who make me feel loved and supported and strong to witness how terrified I am, how um, scared and of the unknown I am, how, and I like realized I didn't have a place where I could do that because I didn't know I could ask for it. And I literally reached out to like four women in my life, all like mother figures to me, not all biological mothers in their life, but have mothered me in one way or another saying, you have mothered me. And so as I become a mother, like I need you all to create some sort of ritual to usher me into being a mom. And it's like, you think about even like cultures today or just how ingrained in our, in our history, like uh, ritual and marking things mm-hmm. and saying like this transformational thing is happening and mm-hmm. just the act of saying it is happening like it's been watered down to like balloons and cupcakes yeah. and mm-hmm. poopy diaper games i'm like Gender that reveals. is that's i think the and, and i feel like that is part of what is so scary and isolating and depressing mm-hmm. about becoming a mother is that the culture at large doesn't acknowledge what's actually happening absolutely and so i think from the get-go of being present of being pregnant i realized if i want to if i am going to get what i need i have to ask for it because it's not just going to show up in these ways in our culture honestly it's incredible that you knew well enough because i was happy to go through the pieces i was just like i'll do it i'll have a baby and it wasn't until the baby was born that i was like oh what about me? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The baby's going to be fine. Yeah. I was just hit by a train. Yeah. And now I don't know what to do because yeah. I have not thought about it for one second. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. And then where do we leave women, right? Yeah. We leave women with no no parental leave, no partner, because hey, partner's got to go back to work. Um, you know, and no a, community, like a, no community. Often a giant hospital bill, no one yeah. help to help take care of you. Everyone lives far away from their families. There's not, there's nothing. Yeah, there's like presents for the baby. Great, right? And then what? Right, right. And there is something too, like you know, these rituals that we do um, go through, as you say, is like performing the steps. And you know, I'm someone who recently got married, and you know, part of the entire wedding culture is you know just like do the steps, do all these things that you're supposed to do, and there is it a, connects us or <laughs> something but again it's just like you're just supporting industries mm-hmm. that's what it is but actually kind of until you're actually in a position to be able to make the thing your own and to actually ask for the things that you need mm-hmm. that it stops these things from just being purely performative and mm-hmm. actually being you know something that helps you in the your transition mm. from one place to the next totally and it is you know i do think ritual is important and it, it absolutely is and i think it's a very helpful thing to kind of you know outwardly acknowledge that you know this change is happening this is something that we are doing and you know um and to also kind of make a statement as well can be very helpful to your community at large um but again it is yeah, the cupcakes aren't going to help you when. <laughs> no, it just further depresses you yeah. because you're like, I. This was supposed to make me feel good. Yeah. Like it's not. So what's wrong with me that yeah. I don't feel like you know supported and ready? Yeah. Like I didn't realize how much. I didn't realize how 
afraid I was of the actual physical act of yeah. giving birth. Mm-hmm. Like I just ignored it mm-hmm. for a good seven months. And yeah. then I remember I like finally went to my first prenatal yoga class of which I only went to like two mm-hmm. in my whole pregnancy. But I went to one and it was this amazing yoga teacher who was a doula. Her name is Rebecca Beninati and she it wasn't yoga like keep your arms toned while you're pregnant Mm. it was like yoga like she made us breathe the way we would have to breathe in birth Mm. and it was the first time that i even let myself imagine that a baby was was going to come out mm -hmm. of my body (laughs) and as i was breathing the way she told us to i just started sobbing yeah because i'd been pregnant for seven months and hadn't thought like oh i have to do this thing and 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 I am, in general, like, a person who, like, talks a lot and reflects a lot and mm-hmm. go- goes to therapy. And, like, yeah. if I, like, I know that, like, with, with all the privilege and the access and the resources that I have, like, if that doesn't feel accessible to me, like, who has yeah. it, you know? And, and I'm sure there are cultures all around the world, and it has nothing to do with money, who do have embedded in their culture, like, that that ritual, that passage of, like, support and community where where there is an acknowledgement of what actually is happening to the person to the spirit that's uh, yeah yeah. i mean my mother has always told me that after a child is born in india then you don't get out of bed for 40 40 days days, yeah and i didn't believe it (laughs) i was like well then you know because i have this very sort of western idea because i was raised mostly here of like no you have a kid and then you take if you're lucky you take three months of maternity leave and then you go back and everything's I, I was operating from this very like logistical place mm-hmm. and my mother and every woman around me who had been through childbirth <laughs> looked at me with their kind of like sad faces and were like, Oh no, <laughs> you don't know what's about to happen and you need to take the time and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You do not have to go back at three months. You have to go back when you're ready and all these things and let me take care of you. And that was the hardest thing for me to accept. Let me take care of you was so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I did not do it the first time and I lost my mind, mm-hmm. fully lost my mind, went into a crazy depression mm-hmm. because I couldn't accept that I couldn't be exactly who I was before mm-hmm. um, with a baby in my life and with like, my body still knitting itself back together. The second time I was like, here you go. I am staying in bed for six weeks. See you later. And guess what? My recovery was so much easier. Mm. I don't think I could walk with the first baby until almost, you know, probably four months in. Wow. And with second baby, I was up and picking up my son at school the third week. But you took the time to Because I took the time. I took the time to lie down and be like, my dad had this very simple thing where he said, your body repairs while you're resting. It right. cannot repair while you're up and about living your mm-hmm. life. And he said, this is a false narrative here that you're supposed to all of a sudden bounce back to what you mm-hmm. were. Like you have to give, you have to pay respect to the fact that you've done this incredible thing. And also I feel like, I feel like once I, once I had him and then was back in my life and, and did have, I had 10 weeks to be with him, which is Still not like that's shocking. a lot, it's but like nothing. to me, it, that was like to yeah. most people, that's yeah. a to ton a British of person. Well, and yeah, like yeah. Absolutely. Okay. right. Exactly. So, I just met a gal at a yeah. wedding who's German, and she was like, "Yeah, I got six months off, but I couldn't stand it. I had to go back." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you had like, a choice, you, you know. A choice. Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, it was too much. I had to go back to work." Mm-hmm. I was like, "If only yeah. women had that option." But but I realized when I was back, it was like back in my life and work and doing all the things um uh i was like oh my gosh 
why would anybody like the fact that the goal would be to go backwards mm-hmm. when becoming a mother this thing that my body mm-hmm. did this thing that my my brain has chemically changed mm-hmm. like i am <laughs> so much more and so much more expansive and capable mm-hmm. like i could see kind of the greatness of me mm-hmm. yeah. that I couldn't see before. And this notion of like, just get back to what you mm-hmm. were limits you from yeah. seeing like, we're bigger than superheroes. Like yeah. when, and, and it's, and, and, and it, I just think that, that it's so toxic, this notion of like, get back to where you were instead of becoming the new thing that, that is, is more than you were yeah Yeah. there is something as well i would love to like talk like how did you like you're talking about this kind of prenatal yoga class and the first time you actually kind of had really considered the notion that you were going to have to extract a child from your body (laughs) um (laughs) how did you you know how did you process that and come to terms with that i do like you know and for me I have an enormous amount of anxiety about the notion of childbirth, especially in this country yeah. as a woman of color, that the yes. chances of me dying during childbirth yeah. are much higher. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, you also like had a bad experience, like when, mm. you know, um, yes. I'm struggling still talking about it. Actually. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, for, I forget that it happened after yeah. my second baby. I was hospitalized on day five. Um, with a crazy, crazy high blood pressure and could have had an aneurysm if I hadn't oh checked my myself into the ER, like literally at that moment. Wow. So um, I nearly died a week after I had my second baby mm. and I still forget. And so when people go, how was the delivery and how was the birth? I go, it was great. It was so easy. And it, then oh my someone will remind me and I'm like, oh, right. I was in the hospital for four days, uh, five days after having her. Wow. But I, I don't, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it was traumatic. Traumatic enough to block out. One hundred percent. I mean, again, because how would you survive if you didn't yeah. block it? Out? Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, kind of getting yourself to a place where you were able to give birth, like you know, yeah. were you know how you know was it the yoga that helped? Was yeah. there anything else? Was it your kind of you know your larger group of you know close mm-hmm. friends, or did you just take a bunch of drugs and just like? Forget yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it was a couple things. I mean, obviously, everybody's experience is different, and and there are there are real things that can happen yeah. in childbirth and and it's not irrational it's a serious thing that's happening but but i also i think i was a little bit just like angry about how disempowered like the culture wants me to be mm-hmm. about my body and about yeah. childbirth and how fear is just sort of the message and and um and i so i i did do like i worked with a doula here and there and mostly just cried because it was right. just like mm-hmm. wrapping my mind yeah. around like this is going to happen it's terrifying. Um, and and i i i didn't read any books like beginning to end but i skimmed through a lot of books and one of the books that was really helpful to me was Ina May's guide to childbirth mm-hmm. you know this one and it was talking a lot about like about about like what the the effect of fear on the body yeah. you know and when you're in childbirth like so much of the brain body connection and the fears mm-hmm. that are coming up. And so, you know, that helped. And I also like did some hypnobirthing classes. I was sort of like, I'm going to put everything in yeah. my toolbox. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm just going to put all the tools <laughs> in the box and hope so that smart. when I'm there, one like, of them will work. I, I, I'll be able to like figure out what I need when I need it. And I, I was 
really, really, really fortunate. I, I did get induced. And um, so I uh, got induced with Pitocin and so kind of went from like zero to a hundred yeah. and, and, um, and did end up getting an epidural. And, um, but even that was like, I mean, my husband and I just kept looking at each other and like cracking up because <laughs> what I happening? just remember being like, this is mm-hmm. the most intense mm-hmm. shit. Like yes. it is so yep. intense. So and intense. even when it goes well or even when it's <laughs> easy, whatever the fuck that means, like it's so intense. Yeah. And, and, and because of the physical reality, but also because of the emotional, the emotional mental reality of like, you're feeling things you've never felt before and your body's doing something it's never done before. And, mm. you know, real stuff comes up in there. And so I, I like, I meditated while I was in labor. Mm. I, I remember like I started pushing mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm terrified. Like I was mm-hmm. actually like shaking. And I told the doctor, I'm like, yeah. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And I was told my husband, I was like, I need time. Like I need to get my mind right. And mm. I like, he put on this audio Uh, meditation and I had to breathe for 45 minutes just to get my body to stop shaking so I felt like I could focus enough to push and and yeah I mean I think I didn't know what I was gonna need I had no idea what it was gonna be like so I just tried to put all the tools that I could find like in my toolbox that's really smart advice I think that a lot of women are are very early put into two camps and that's like there's like a woo woo and there's like a give me the drugs right yeah and there's so much in between so much it does not hurt to have the information the first time i believe my approach was well the baby's coming out i don't know like (laughs) i just leave me alone i'll just get there i'll get fine i'll go to the hospital they will get the baby out of me and my recovery was really hard and the Mm. second time i did a little bit of hypnobirthing and that helped me immensely Mm. because it got me to a point where i could then get an epidural a little later where um, I didn't have as much damage and where my recovery was faster. But mm-hmm. like all of this information and I and I shook as well and I meditated as well and all those things are things mm-hmm. that help you get through it in a way that make you feel less afraid mm-hmm. because otherwise you're like, what is happening to my body? Mm-hmm. One of a hundred things can happen and if you're ready for it in any way and you know how to manage it in any way, I think that is, that's the power. Like, and a lot of us don't have that and a lot of women don't mm-hmm. feel that. And another like, thing like the ritual baby shower that I asked my dearest to like hold for me they made me like a birthing necklace that they beaded like they made it in front of me and they each like strung a bead and talked about like what I was the qualities that I would need during the childbirth that already existed in me and I wore my birthing beads the whole time and I like and it's like crazy but I had those beads and when like when I needed it like they were there. And then there was another moment where I was like, fuck these beads, give me the epidural. <laughs> like, you know, was, but it was all mm-hmm. there for me when mm-hmm. I, yeah, when you actually, when I, it. and yeah. that's the thing. It's like, why? I don't, I didn't know what I was yeah. going to need. It's oh. like, why limit what, yeah. what's, what's there for Absolutely. you if you are privileged enough to be able yeah. to, you know, a lot of people have zero access to, to the kinds of um, support and, and yeah. information that a lot of us get to have. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Something that you've kind of, you know, that strikes me is so unique about the things that you're talking about and the way that you kind of experience your birth is the, the flexibility. Because there is, I mean, often when I talk to friends who have um, given birth, that it is have the idea of a birthing plan. <laughs> which <laughs> you can have one yeah. if it makes you feel better like you should by all means make a plan yeah. <laughs> but, and then then feeling like an you know feeling an innate sense of failure when that plan does right. not yeah. um right. yeah does not materialize in the same way but you know in the way that you experienced um you know or you know and took leadership of your um, well, not even leadership, but basically being flexible enough to take what you wanted yeah. when you mm-hmm. needed it. Yeah. And I wanted to go into labor on my own, but my doctor was recommending induction based on like a couple things. And, you know, I was put in this position where it was like, you know, do I stick to the thing that I genuinely want and think I'm capable of, like mm-hmm. waiting this out mm-hmm. and doing it? You know, the moments of like this fucking medical industry yeah. and they just like want to totally. make more money and, I saw like, the Ricky Lake documentary yeah, do you know what I mean? like, and I did I was so yeah. upset about it I yeah. was like yeah. this is me getting trapped in yeah. this thing like I've had this wonderful healthy pregnancy like like why all of a sudden is this a problem yeah. I was so upset about yeah. it but then I was put in this position to like what go against what my medical, medical professional mm-hmm. was telling me like god forbid yeah. right so so I, at the end of the day, had to be like, this is what they mean when they say, like, have your plan and let go. And so I, I, I did get induced and I remember having to go into it. I had to get my mind right. I had to be like, this isn't what you wanted. This isn't how you imagined it. But this is what's happening. And like, you cannot go into this, like, um, upset, angry, Mm -hmm. distrusting of this person. Like, this is what's happening. and, And there has to be an acceptance of it that isn't going to ultimately like make this a, a terrible experience. And so there definitely was that like letting go. Cause I thought I didn't have a plan, but then when it came down to it, oh, I was like, you did. Oh, I really wanted it to happen. You have this way. vision of how, what you think it's going to be. And also it's your first lesson. I think in, um, it's a, your first reminder that you're bringing a person into the world and that person is going to come in however he or she wants. Yeah. And that person is going to live his or her life however he or she wants. Right. And that is your first reminder that you cannot control them. Right. Like you are there to coach and encourage them and like enrich them yeah. and support them and do whatever you need to do to make them like, you know, vibrant human beings who yeah. who, who give back. But um, they are coming however they're going to come. Yeah. <laughs> like both my times, I had ideas of how my births were going to be in both my times in the middle of the afternoon and my water broke and so there you go yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. they were both like busting to get out and those are the kind of kids they are and yeah. like that's just you know they're still like that they're just yeah. like let me out yeah. like, let me out <laughs> they're uh, happiest outside they are just they are who they are and it's like one moment in the beginning of their lives and 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 it is the beginning of the letting go because yeah. you do think that you can control and shape a person and you cannot yeah you can't yeah. they are who they are so then after the babies after the baby um, now you've started working out and do you feel, did you ever feel any panic? Cause I felt a certain panic of like, I'm never going to get my life back. It's just never going to happen. There's certainly that feeling in the beginning where like, 
especially when it's for the first time, when something feels a certain way, you're like, this is how it's always going to feel. Forever, yeah. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. always going to, like, only get away to take a shower. (laughs) And I'm going to be taking a shower and feeling guilty Mm -hmm. because I'm really, I'm so psyched to not be with my baby Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) But, and like, and I feel terrible about Mm -hmm. it. And like, and it's, I'm not enjoying this, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it's, there, there's that feeling of like, it's always going to feel this way. And, and, um, you know, I, I'm incredibly fortunate. I, I have a job I love. I'm very supported and surrounded, um, and super resourced. And so I get to do the things that make me, me. I'm, I'm very, very, very fortunate. Um, in that sense, um, I, I, I feel like because, I did do a lot of thinking before, like before mm-hmm. we brought the baby in, and and I made my husband too, like that ritual I was talking about. Like my husband was a part of that. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not just becoming a mother; you're becoming a father, and our relationship is dying the way that it was, yeah. and is going to yeah. be something new. And yeah. I think I I we thought a lot about what was ending mm-hmm. and making room for something new to come through. So I think that any time that those fears would pop up of like, this is how it's going to be forever, or I'm always going to feel this way. I, I would remember that it, that, that something new was constellating and that, that I had to just kind of allow for the new thing to, mm-hmm. to take shape. And that I think just in the 15 months that I've been a mommy to this little nugget, mm-hmm. um, realizing that like everything is just for now. Like, yeah. Like this little thing he does that I love is just mm-hmm. for now. This yeah. little thing he does that I hate is just for now. And mm-hmm. like a day goes by and and he's a different thing. And now he doesn't do that cute thing he did. He does this thing. And yeah. um, I feel like I try to remember that. And I think the thing I'm struggling with is um, how I feel about like my place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like before – it's like, okay, this is this is my career and yeah. these are my drives and mm-hmm. this is my mission and I feel very clear about that. Mm-hmm. And like a kid is going to come in and be like one of the many things <laughs> that I care yeah. about. Mm-hmm. But I, my experience mm-hmm. is that I'm like, why do I ever have to care about mm-hmm. anything ever mm-hmm. again? Yes. Like I do yeah. want to just like, yeah. and not that that's all I want, but, but I'm sitting here going like, when is that? impulse to like be out in the world gonna come back or when is that creative and it's yes. common like fits and starts of like yeah. oh yeah i remember that feeling of yeah. creative passion or i remember that that like ambitious person that mm-hmm. i used to be but but it's still very um deconstructed yes and, like, trying to find its way back to like what is my what are my new goals and missions and like my outer person in the world gonna look like now that like something has fundamentally shifted in me where I see like one of my purposes in life being to like raise an exceptional human being and yeah. put him into the world. And I, I, I'm, I don't know the answer. I'm just trying to, yeah. That, but also, you know, how making the world that they inhabit a palatable mm-hmm. place yeah. too, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is obviously a more overwhelming mission, but the sense of responsibility that comes with that, just like I have willingly produced a new person and put them into this environment how do i make that not suck for them yeah Yeah. and that is which is like you think is and and maybe ultimately it will be the thing that like where it ends up that feeling of like i have to make the world a 
a good place for it's part my, of it, yeah. the people I love to be in it. At the moment, it is that like thing of like, oh, our survival as a species is possible because of a mother's deep instinct to keep her child alive at yes. all costs, mm-hmm. which also is like keeping yourself alive. Mm-hmm. So, and keeping yourself like capable to mm-hmm. them. And like, there are so many things out in the world that I that I have been and that I have done that at the moment, like I just say no to because, yeah. because, because I do always think of like, how does that impact this little one? Yeah. And, and it's not like popular to say that because I should care about everyone's children the way I care about my child. But mm-hmm. for the time being, like there is a deep instinct and drive to say like, I need my deepest instinct is driving me to, to make sure this child has yeah. what it needs. And, and that's, that is a big identity shift for yeah. me and trying to be okay with that and not feel terrible about that and say it may shift and most likely will shift yeah. and turn out again at another point, but yeah. letting myself. I, I think, I mean, there's a deep, deep biological thing that happens when you have the child, which is the attachment. It's like a ghost limb. It's like your child is now a limb. So, so who was it that said like having a kid is like wearing your heart outside of your body? Like yeah. you have a part of your body and you're going to treat it like he's a part of your body your favorite part of your body, you know, and um, the attachment that is there, the desire to feel close and take care of him and take care of only him. And he is the center of your universe and everything else can be like reassembled around him. Mm. That is a process. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a process that takes years. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't think I was ready to step outside and have a little bit more, more perspective, probably till my son was two to look around and be like, and what's going on in the world? Yeah. yeah and that's exactly. fine because because you have to like yeah. we each take you know we each try to make our immediate environments better we can't like all go like run the un yeah. we can't all like be you know fix yeah. brexit we can't you know we can't all do that but what you can do right now is like provide a foundation for this child you know like raise him into like into the world and all this stuff it it definitely puts everything in very clear focus everything else in your life all the priorities all the things you're being yeah. asked to do the way you spend your time um all the women I know who have had children um, who are all working moms generally have come together probably, you know, again, one and a half to two years later, and they all say better and stronger, mm-hmm. you know, like you just, you get better at the work, you focus on what mm-hmm. you really want to do, you spend so little time doing things that you don't want to do, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. and you haven't built an excuse because you can be like, I got to be back, to <laughs> which is like a miracle, <laughs> like you yeah. never have to yeah. go to any event ever again, yeah. <laughs> because you're like, babysitter, and they're like, what babysitter leaves at nine? You're like, she's very fussy um this is how i know that pre really wanted to come to my wedding it's true i went to england for her wedding we dropped our kids off in new york yes exactly um and and it's all like it's better it's just better like you said and there is the kind of anxiety of like but what is my place in the world Mm -hmm. that will all come Mm -hmm. uh there was a woman i went to a yoga class we're all just talking about like inspiring yoga classes i went to one yoga class um after i had a baby and um this woman who had four kids who was like glowing with health and happiness was just like you just had a baby and i said yeah she was like can i just just be patient and be kind Mm -hmm. and i was like okay (laughs) and i like changed everything it does yeah because she was like what's the rush yeah like you're in some rush because that was the pace of your life before sure that's not how this works. Yeah. Uh, and I think for those of us who are used to like 
wanting and to meet a lot of people's needs and who have big responsibilities in the world and feel responsible to other people, Mm -hmm. to other communities, to be representative, to like, there's a feeling of like, of responsibility there and obligation and how hard it is for, for us. And, you know, bringing this back to topic of like, as a woman of color, like Mm -hmm. how in our communities, like we often are holding up so much that Mm -hmm. it's it's really hard work to deem yourself and your own transformation like worthy of that time and space and say like oh but i'm letting these people down i'm letting these people down i'm letting these people down it's like being able to say for yourself we as women uh, and and particularly as women of color who hold spaces of of taking care of Mm -hmm. so much we have to as a radical act like be willing to grant that to ourselves also you cannot provide that service if you do not take care of yourself you have to take care of your child you have to take care of yourself and there is like a thing that you hear over and over again for example during like award speeches where like people talk about their wives and how selfless they are i didn't want to poke my eyes out because nobody wants to be selfless nobody wants to be selfless we've all been programmed and brainwashed in weird ways my mother was a sacrificer she would do anything for us you know and i love her to death she was a great mom but i look at her and i go i wish you had taken some time for yourself Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I wish, and and that's my that's something that I have to reprogram myself. Um, I have not worked out in yeah a year and a half. I have not gotten um, you know like nothing. I've done nothing for myself. Yeah, in like and now it's time. Like yeah. now I feel comfortable, and that's what it's about. Like there's the guilt and there's a comfort level, and it's like when are you ready? And when you're ready, like take a step back, get a sitter, leave them with the, the right. other parent, and just go get whatever it is you need to do. Right. I need idle alone time. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. I never get it. I um in the last probably six months have been home alone for approximately two hours. Hours. <laughs> and this is, hor- is this is a horror story. It's making <laughs> me insane. It's making me insane. And like you know, like my husband's moving into an office. Great. Back to school. Great. Like we were almost there. I can see it like around the around the corner. And whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, you are of no use to other people unless you come first. Yeah. And that's something that I hope everyone can can learn. <sighs> what a ride. it's just all so hard it's so wonderful and it's so hard it's actually like that it's impossible to explain to i don't know but also i think that like for me i feel like it's been the the catalyst i've needed to Mm -hmm. take care of myself yes like I've never been good at taking care of myself. Before Mm -hmm. I got pregnant, I Mm -hmm. was burnt out and doing too much Mm -hmm. and saying yes to everything and trying to show up for everyone and Mm -hmm. everything. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that I was like, oh, no. Like, I get to say no. And like, while this is hard and uncomfortable to try and find this new space and this new identity, it's absolutely what I needed to learn to say, like, I can come first. And and actually, I have to come first. And even though it's an uncomfortable feeling, you, yeah. you you do you have to you have to take care of yourself. Um, I love that because how, when, how often do you get get to the end of a week and just think that was all output? Uh-huh. Like my entire week was like a one way street of outpouring <laughs> of energy, and like what have I? And I have a partner who loves me, and I have kids who love me. Yeah. But like what? And I sitting around waiting for other people to like what like need my feet and like <laughs> spray me with Evian. Like, yeah. what am I waiting for? Yes, like, I'm always waiting. I for gotta that. go. I gotta go make that time. And it's yeah. why I like I tease Camilla for it, but I also love it. And I hope she maintains this if she decides to have children. After she has children, 
Camilla's bathing regimen is like every week is a new bath oil. <laughs> every week is like an outdoor bathtub. And this week it's it. And I'm like, keep that. Yeah. Keep that. Remember your your essence. <laughs> Which is like, luxury body oils. My actual essence it. is luxury body Maintain oils. Maintain it. Do not let that go anywhere. Hold on to it. It will like save your soul. Agree. Honestly, I might just invent a fake child just to have more time to have baths to say no to Take going the out child. I have a bath. It's my All right. Should we move on to beauty, beauty of, of the week? week? Yes. So our beauty of the week is someone, literally anyone who you find particularly beautiful. It could be, you know, someone in the public eye it could be for um an act it could also just be someone who's really hot um <laughs> sometimes pre's beauty of the week is her daughter it's always <laughs> like every other week i'm like can i talk about her yet again <laughs> she's so cute and i say mine for this week is um because pre was lamenting the lack of indian athletes and <laughs> yeah we have low, we have low, genetically yeah. low muscle tone that's <laughs> Which doesn't really matter for cricket. We're math. (laughs) (laughs) Maths. We like build rockets and we save people's lives. Thank you. Um, However, so I don't know if you saw this video this week, but there are basically these two, God, I want to say they're like 12 years old. These two Indian kids who were from, I think, in West Bengal. Uh And they basically, this video of them walking like the two kilometers home from school and they just launched into cartwheels and somersaults and at first you're like oh these are cute kids just doing cartwheels and then one of them does this enormous like double backflip and you're like oh (laughs) oh my god so these two young children so uh jashika khan who is 11 and muhammad um azizuddin who is 12 so this video went super viral it was filmed by the teacher and so now they are (laughs) um the indian sports minister youtube stars well actually no the indian Mm. sports minister saw this video and now they're now trainees at the um sports academy oh my god they will probably be competing in the olympics that's incredible but you have to watch this video i I yelped out loud as i saw it and these two kids were literally just like practicing in their tiny school they have their only gymnastics equipment was one tire um (laughs) and um it's it's breathtaking but basically i'm ready for indian simone biles so yeah let's do it god we need to branch out don't we um (laughs) My beauty of the week was a lovely surprise that I got in the mail. I wrote this um, essay for the New York Times a few weeks ago for the parenting section about an Indian holiday called Raksha Bandhan, which mm-hmm. is about like brother-sister love. It's um, very beautiful. <laughs> Maria, please put it in the show notes. Someone put it in the show notes. It's I do the show notes. I love so how good. you're always like, I don't know. You're always like delegating to <laughs> me. <laughs> Pre-self-promote. Please put your I, New York... Yeah. I will. I will I will link to the... Or I wrote about my I wrote about my close bond with my brother and how I'm trying to like force a recreation of that with my own children. Um, and I I think part of it, a part of it was my parents were not religious, but every year was like Raksha Bandhan was very serious. It happened in August and we exchanged gifts. We would just talk about how much we love each other and it was just a Aww. thing. And we still do it and my kids do it now. And um, and so I had written this thing for the New York Times and then a woman contacted me and was like, I work for this publisher, which I wanted to uh, mention called Beach Lane Books. It's a children's publisher and they do these amazing, they do a bunch of books. They do a bunch of books, which I look, I love. Um, but they do a line of books by Indian authors about like s- Indian holidays. So they had a Raksha Bandhan book called Thread oh. of Love, which I got and I loved and I read to the kids and Dylan, I, you could tell it's so funny because he loves books and I was like ashamed of myself for not that often reading him books about this big part of his culture and I was like, let me get all of them. There's like a Devon 
Dolly book. There's a book about like an auto rickshaw, <laughs> elephants, snake charmers, whatever. Just give me like, <laughs> all of it. Like, give me all I of it. I will come over and hang out with him and watch Baba at any time. <laughs> I know. So I so um so I love their little press, and I ordered some more books, and and I just wanted to recommend Beach Lane books for people who are looking for you know Indian listeners and just like people of any ethnicity because it seems like they have a lot of like stuff from from writers of color which you don't often get I love that yeah 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 did you have someone you want to recommend I do you actually mentioned her earlier um Tracy Ellis Ross (gasps) and Pattern which I'm so Mm -hmm. well you can see I have very curly curly girls my hair texture has changed a lot really throughout my life yeah and when I was pregnant it changed a lot and um but I have curly hair um and my whole life and career like has just been about like beating my hair into submission blow drying ironing whatever and and because it's such a big part of like work in my day life like i never do anything with it Mm -hmm. and i've never properly learned how to like wear curls yeah Mm. so i'm shocking because i'm looking at your curls right now and they look resplendent (laughs) we do spend an unusual amount of time talking about curly hair (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not that unusual because we have a lot of women of color but i feel so ashamed i'm like i'm 35 years old i should have learned how to like wear my curls by now but i (laughs) have it and i'm hopeful that tracy's um meanwhile i just love her she's one of the most joyful like warriors i know and she and she's just like so authentic to herself Mm -hmm. i'm like yes i would buy anything tracy alice ronald's sell me i'm ready to join a cult i'm ready (laughs) i'm eagerly awaiting my my pattern um product so i can test it I'm really People excited. Are so about excited. It. it is crazy to me that like she has come out with this product and everyone I know is like pre order. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when we refresh, refresh, refresh. Like when is it getting here? Okay. And because again, she has the greatest curls in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just well, Camilla had mentioned something which was it's what did you say? It's about um enhancing and not taming. Well, yeah, taming but it's just like, yeah. Again, like yeah. so much of kind of women of haircare, like women of color haircare is about like submission. And like you say, like straighten, blow dry, keratin treatments. Yeah. And, you know, um, but it seems so much of the campaign is just like embrace it. This is yeah. what your hair looks like. We're just going to yeah. make it. You Isn't know, it beautiful? It's, it's best yeah. version it's of the itself. Best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was raised to believe that like my hair was not presentable. Yeah. Like me yeah. as I am was mm-hmm. like a disgrace. Like yeah. you can't yeah. go out yeah. like that. You can't, you know. Um, so yeah, something that's like telling me, you know, embrace the natural you and that that's beautiful and like it's beautiful on Tracy. So maybe it's that's beautiful on That's me. the thing. Yeah. Isn't it incredible how it can take like 30 years to undo that wiring of like oh. one throw away like your hair. You yeah. know, like Well, it wasn't one throw away <laughs> you know in my life. Mean. It was like so many <laughs> yeah. comments. But totally. I mean, you know, and which we didn't even get to like body stuff. But but <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it's like I love I love the um, all everything that's kind of popping up yeah. in our culture right now that is about like you know, I don't want to say the cliche of like different standards of beauty because also like, and I know this is a weird and controversial thing to say about like health and beauty and wellness, but like I kind of am at this place in my life where I'm like, fuck beautiful. Like yes. beautiful isn't really that interesting no. anymore. And like, yes, beautiful can mean a lot of things, but like, and then what? Like, yeah. yeah. Can we get like to me it's like when can beautiful be like a thing that is a part of us, but like not 
our goals in life yeah. so that we can get past it and like start being all the other interesting yeah. things there are to be in life it's also they're just like you know beauty like being beautiful quote-unquote beautiful is so easily obtainable if you have enough money yeah <laughs> but there is actually very less there's a lesser value to it it's just like yeah. look if you hire all the right surgeons if you do the right spray turns do the right like you know like yeah, hairdressers everyone like can a, look exactly the same crazy. like an instagram yeah. influencer but again it's the what is underneath that that's the thing that's actually valuable and the why um, yeah um, well and that's it's what's missing in like our whole culture like i think that's why world. we so want to talk about this because we both grew up in pre- predominantly white um schools and white you know neighborhoods and um and and are the that we were told over and over again that we were not the standard for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yet we feel pretty good about ourselves <laughs> for other reasons, whether mm-hmm. it was our intelligence or our personalities or our yeah. relationships with our families, whatever it is. And that stuff is being celebrated so much more as people turn their backs on this one standard, which yeah. was very like '80s supermodel Cindy. Cro- God bless her; she's a beauty. But like there was a very '80s standard that we were all raised with, um, and and that's just not yeah. That's not what the world looks like. Yeah. That's not what the country looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, guys get to be ugly. <laughs> like, and, like, you Most know, like, them. why, like, okay, what if I, like, what if I am ugly? Don't I still, like, have value to yeah. put into the world? You know, like, <laughs> also, guys get to be ugly and still be fuckable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And so, successful like, and rich. Right. And, but he's rich I'm or he's funny. Is ugly. Yeah. Oh, he's and funny. yet. I know. <laughs> like, very fucking just like, like his proportions yeah. are we should be like allowed to be ugly yeah. <laughs> i mean you <laughs> had a whole show about it i did have a show i mean it wasn't really a, very, a giant like, hit show called <laughs> ugly betty <laughs> yes which i always yeah. thought was like she never was ugly exactly no. like, that was also the thing she was, was so never ugly yeah. you are also very very pretty <laughs> 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 as i watch you again like this disjoint over just like ugly i was like she's hot but there are braces. <laughs> what am I, I don't, yes. I well, for me, okay. it was always like ugly was what people called her. Exactly. It wasn't what she ever saw yeah. in herself. No, but again, hard. like it's a good question. Like, what if she was? What if it was just genuinely like not an attractive person? Like, is there still value in a female human being who isn't Absolutely. beautiful? But I think even even more than that, I think what I what I am really enjoying is everyone going, "What is attractive?" Yeah, I find this person attractive. I yeah, find that person attractive. I find you this you know this kind of whatever it is. Yeah, um, it's changing so much, and yeah. I feel like I love kids. I love kids. I love young people. Um, they're better than us. Yeah. <laughs> like they just are. Um, and to see like gender fluidity, to see like people not labeled the same way they were when we were, it's still happening. There's of course bullying and clicks and all that stuff. But when you talk to young people um, in cities and suburban areas where they go, Oh, we don't say that anymore. What are jo- like, what are jocks? Yeah. What are this? What are that? And you go, Oh, this is like a better, <laughs> yeah, more fluid world. And I think we're all going to be better for it. Okay. Should we do Rosebud oh, yeah. and Thorn? Rosebud and Thorn. So Rosebud and Thorn is a game that we play with our son to get him to talk to us at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and it's like highlight, low light, and like what you're looking forward to tomorrow. So we do a beauty version, a beauty wellness health yes. arena version of um, your highlight, your low light, and what you're looking, something you're looking forward to trying. Mine's off on vacation. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, it's vacation. I'm <laughs> planning a vacation. Okay. <laughs> um, so your beauty rose. It's, well, actually, mine was vacation related. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on vacation last week. And so I did the sweat lodge ceremony, which was... By led, yourself? Um, well, I was with like 12 strangers. <laughs> 
So I was in community, but I was like, you know, I did not know anyone there. So it was a practice of ancient medicine that was led by three indigenous men, two indigenous to the area that I was in. And it was, oh, it was, it was a three hour ritual. I, I tapped out at hour two because I was about to vomit and like pass out. So the ritual kind of basically um, is centered around being in a sweat lodge, which is a heated by a ceremonial fire. And then you basically go into the sweat lodge, which is constructed out of like twigs and then <laughs> covered with like cowhide and then like woven blankets. And you basically sit in the dark. There's a lot of drumming and chanting and repetition and song. And it's basically about sweating and pushing out discomfort and kind of like riding through mm -hmm. your discomfort. And there are points at which you basically go a bit mad. You'll definitely hallucinate and see some stuff. <laughs> You want to leave a lot, and so much of the ritual. So matter of fact, <laughs> was it a so, temescal? Yeah, it was a temescal. Yeah, and it was a it was a complete whim. It was basically the place that I was staying. The um, there is a, it, it was one of the few. I, I stay at this hotel quite a lot because of the amount of respect they have for the area that they are in and their connection with the people that um, whose land that they are on. Mm -hmm. And so one of the women who worked there was like, you should just come and do it. Just come and like, and you know, be part of this thing. And there were points at which it was so uncomfortable that I, you know, I desperately wanted to leave. And one of the men who was leading the ceremony was like, this is part of the process, like push through it as much as you can. This is actually part of it. And, um, and it was, I mean, it was, inc I can't remember the last time I'd pushed through discomfort in that way mm. and, and what it connected me to and connecting me to the earth that I was sitting on and the experiences within my body. And I think that so much of your existence is about denying experience and denying discomfort. And, um, yeah, it was a really, really great ceremony. I had to stop at hour two because I was starting <laughs> to vomit and I didn't want to vomit on the other 12 people who were there. I thought that would be rude. Um, so British. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just very, very interesting. It was, yeah, it was a really, really great experience. So that was my... It's one. funny because you described the whole thing and then I forgot it was like your highlight. <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh, this is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. okay so <laughs> <laughs> I got lost for a yeah. second there. Right, so you enjoyed it. It was great. I also just felt like incredibly like reflective afterwards in a way that I had not for some time. And it also you know, there was also like the science part of the brain. I was just like, ah, this is why they do this at Scientology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make you feel empty to kind of brainwash you with all of the alien <laughs> stuff. But it's definitely not as calculated than that. I basically, if you get the opportunity to do so, I would highly recommend it. My rest for the week was I meditate. Uh, I practice TM and I had fallen out of practice mm -hmm. and I sometimes don't. What is TM? Transcendental meditation. Cool. I, tr I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes um, for in the morning and in the evening. It's how I maintain my sanity. It's good for my, I, what I found, I, I was a skeptic for a long time and then Rodney made me go when I was super anxious during my pregnancy. And I found that it just boosted my like brain chemicals in a really nice way. And it, it it's like a, it's like an antidepressant yeah. for me. It just keeps me mm. afloat the way a lot of people talk about exercise, which I'm thinking about starting. <laughs> soon considering <laughs> considering <laughs> thinking about exercising soon um but but meditation is like sitting in one place and like closing your eyes yeah. and it's awesome you Love should try it. it um but i often don't know until i like i'm feeling terrible that like i've fallen out for you know i had fallen out and i'm like it'll be fine i'll be fine. i can skip a couple days i'm just so busy i gotta do this and this and this and then i like 
lost it. I had a crazy week. I like burst into tears about stupid things. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And I was like, I got to meditate. And it was just a reminder that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I think I got to do all these things, I will not get them done if I don't sit down for 20 minutes and meditate. Mm. It won't. I, I will just feel the overwhelm and the overwhelm will, will, will inhibit my ability to do the things that I want to do. So, um, so I did it all week. I'm feeling great going to continue to do it and um that was my that was my rose how about you um i'm so this is like like having to do with health and wellness just something that was something that made you feel good um well yeah i so i have been working out recently i had to i haven't worked out with a personal trainer in like years um because i was just in a good groove but since I had the baby, I was like, I need something to hold me accountable. So I've been going, which I said before is like more than anything saying like, this is the thing I'm doing for me today yeah. is, and then doing it is like huge. And I, and I like, it's very hard for me to like work my glutes. <laughs> like, I feel like I cannot access them. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, I feel the same way. Maybe like, I just have a they? body where like those don't work on me. I don't know. I know like, what you mean. I know exactly what you like, mean. Like I'm they broken don't. in that way. I'm trying to speak to them and they're not, they're not responding. They're just not. It's the exact opposite thing. I feel like it's the oh, yeah, one right. part of my body that is Response. overworked and oh, just like, man. it's always the first thing. I mean, so I like, hi, I'm here. I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> that just is like annoying. That you're like, but I have no upper body strength I'm all arms I've got like my giant two children and I'm always like tossing them around yeah but my roses Mm -hmm. that we worked my glutes and then I woke up the next day with really sore glutes (gasps) that's huge and I was like I did it you did it what did you do what was what the did I do? Um, I did like well, we did a couple of things. I did sumo squats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like that's, where you hold this like heavy iron barbell yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and you just like, like a kettlebell, and then you squats just, yeah. really do the trick. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think we did a lot of like squatting. But I like I'm such a skeptic. I'm like I don't have glutes. I'm yeah. never going to feel them. They're just not there. <laughs> and I and it was so funny because usually you have to like get out of bed to feel sore, and you go, oh, that feels sore. I literally like hadn't even opened my eyes, and I'm like. Oh my Ow. God, my butt hurts. Oh. So that was a really exciting thing that I accessed my glutes. That's really, oh yeah, it's an that's excellent really, rose. Connection that's has a, been made. It's a textbook rose, A plus for that one. That's a really good one. Um, now, uh, Thorn. Actually, this is a throwback. <laughs> Thorn, I don't know. I was reading this book that was kind of written in like 2008 and one of the characters referenced um, NBT sneakers. I, do you remember oh, yeah. these? Yeah, yeah. Were they the ones with the thick soles that were kind of curved? Yes. They, they were, were awful. Ugly ass, big ass sneakers or trainers that they had convinced us we're going to like cure our cellulite. <laughs> and oh, also, exercise sneakers. And, I've, and then I Googled what the MBT stood for and it was like Maasai Barefoot Technology. <gasps> and I forgot that that was part of the scam too, that it was just like co-opting and appropriating this like indigenous, like, you know, basically people like, like culture of people who walk around barefoot because they did not have access to shoes. And so it's like, oh, these no. people, oh, these no. people like don't have cellulite. And it's like, no. Oh my god. But we were all wearing them for like were a we? couple of years, like pre Obama, just that kind of like, you know, that year 
I remember the cellulite <laughs> shoes. I they were it supposed out. to. I blocked it out. Bonkers. Um, but they existed. And that was just a moment of kind of, you know, it's retroactive shame. <laughs> yeah, it was, a it was like we really all did that. The concept yeah. was wear these shoes that will imitate barefootedness. <laughs> yes. And, and it will cure your cellulite. Yeah. Did it work? I don't know. These would not fly today. So you dumb. could not. You, yeah. Although, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> We haven't talked about this, and this wasn't even even my thorn, but I just thought about the Dior campaign. Sauvage. Oh, my God. I forgot about it. No, I don't. I, I, it was put up and pulled down so quickly. There was a Dior fragrance launch called Sauvage, and the ad was like a Native American Ameri- – sorry, an indigenous – Person. I don't know what's the problem. Like term. savage? Yes. And this is also the second, like, do you keep trying to make this line happen? It was also the first time that they did, oh, no. they launched this. It was when Johnny Depp was the face of the campaign. And this came out a couple of weeks after um, all the news broke about him physically abusing his wife. <laughs> so there were posters of him all around town with savage in the middle. It's like, guys, it's like maybe they're not reading the news. They don't, they don't go outside. That's crazy. It was, it was so pretty now nuts. The sauvage fragrance. They were, I mean, they have this long explanation about how they came about it. And it's like, I'm sorry, you called it sauvage. And then you have a native American man dancing around a fire. Yeah. And their excuse was we hired one native. Person exactly. That's always their creative. excuse. Yeah. yeah. And they said it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the community obviously was like, yeah, there's always going to be one guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it literally like, was like, uh, no, we're not okay with this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the rest of us. He's yeah. like, he's our Candace Owens. What are you, what are you trying to do? <laughs> you can't. Absolutely. Um, that so was a bad thought. I really hope that that is the end of the Savage line. I'm tired of seeing it. It's, uh, it's just not working out, you guys. Um, and then what is your bud for the week? Like a thing that you're kind of looking forward to. Did you talk to? about your thorn? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. My thorn is your thorn. I don't know that it has anything to do with health and wellness but I lost all my credit cards and <gasps> cash which I never have cash on me yeah. ever yeah, same. and I had just gone mm-hmm. really okay back to like the self-care thing when your yeah. mom I had to do some major negotiating with my own brain a couple days ago to instead of rushing to the park to see my son to stop mm-hmm. and get something to eat because mm-hmm. I was about to pass out. Yeah. But I was like in a place where parking wasn't easy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if I stop, this will be an extra 45 minutes of like parking and I don't have cash. So I'm going to have to yeah. get cash and get mm-hmm. parking. So I was like, just do it. You're hungry. You're not going to be yeah. good to your son if you're yeah. hungry. This is like the fact yeah. that I have I to negotiate even, that yeah. like gives you a glimpse <laughs> into totally, like crazy. I, I go days, I go a whole day without eating all yeah. the time. And so I did. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to go <laughs> I'm eat gonna something. Survive. So I like go into like park my car, like cash only, blah, 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 go to the stupid ATM machine, get the cash out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that was a little inconvenient, but it like it worked out. I mm-hmm. ate, I feel fine. Of course, of course. <sighs> The next day, I draw like all these cards and all the cash no. fall out of my pocket. No. I, and I was walking to another coffee shop to get a coffee and I get there and I'm like, oh no, it fell out. And I run, I like retrace all my steps, mm. nowhere to be found. I'm like, this is so my payment for doing something absolutely. good for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. The universe is this, like, how dare you? This is because I didn't rush to my child. This is yes. because yeah. I dared to stop. And mm-hmm. and that was a like basically a two hundred dollar cup of coffee <laughs> and salad that I like stopped and gave myself. The universe had to take something away. Uh, um, so anyway, I lost my credit cards and my driver's license and a lot of cash. And if you're the person who found it and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> like 
Why didn't you just give it back? Like, yeah. I always give, I always I go always out know. of my yeah. way to I will give. I yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, cell phones, credit cards, wallets, whatever. I always take it upon myself to give it back. And I have never, not once, gotten my wallet back when I've lost and it. I have a weird thing with lost wallets. Whenever I find a lost wallet or, like, a driver's license, license I often know the person. <gasps> It's really, really fucking weird. weird. To the point, like, I remember one time, it was at, like, the most recent one, I was at the, um, um, like, a farmer's market, and someone had dropped a driver's license, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, that's the guy who built my pool. <laughs> so and bad. He's crazy. Me, I was like, hey, Chad, do you lose a driver's license? Oh, my God. He was like, wait, let me check. It's like, oh, I super did. <laughs> it's really, really bizarre. That's really creepy. Um, that's so, crazy. yeah, that's happened to me like maybe like three or four times in the last like couple of years. Uh, and right. I don't know what, I don't know what the universe is trying to that's say crazy. or do, but that's, yeah, that's where I'm at with lots of Incredible. Okay. So what is your bud for the week? What are you looking forward to? I'm going to Miami. I'm so jealous. I love Miami. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my Fun. God. I haven't taken care of myself in like a year and now I'm going to Miami and I'm like giddy with excitement. Can I come? <laughs> so, and it is like when I go to Miami with my girlfriends, three of my favorite girlfriends, Rodney was like, what are you most looking forward to? And I said, I'm going to laugh so much. I'm going to laugh so much and everything else is whatever. Like we'll have some meals. We'll like lie around. We'll take a nap. It'll be great. Um, but I cannot wait. And it's going, it's going to be weird because I have taken not great care of myself for the last year. And now it is just like zero to 60. And I'm going to like rob a bank. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like something insane is going to happen. I remember texting you the first time I went to Miami, which was only like a couple of years ago. And I was, and well, she was, before I was going, I was like, you're going to love it. You're really going to love it. I'm like, it's what it's florida whatever and i got there and i was like oh my god this is everything the will smith song promised me and so much more yeah we're insane we're staying at the faena which is insane Um, have you been to the one in buenos aires i've not gone to the one but but i want to incredible i went to the greatest party of my entire life at that that hotel one night and it's just i'm so excited we're gonna get massages we're gonna eat we're gonna lie on the beach we're gonna overtip like handsome waiters. It's gonna yeah. be great. <laughs> My favorite thing that I experienced happening in Miami, we were like at the Fun and Blue or something, and there was this woman who was like sitting at a table like across from us, and she was very, very drunk, and she was like half passed out, and like, and her nipple had just kind of like popped out of her <laughs> of dress. Course. And I was like, I'd want someone to tell me. I'm gonna go to that. And I walked around and I was like, hey, I just got uh, your nipple is kind of falling out of your dress. And she just looked down at her nap and she was like, oh, it's only going to fall out again. <laughs> I just left it. And I was like, That's amazing. I love this town. Oh, it's a wonderful town. It's what Vegas wants to be. Uh, it is absolutely what it's Vegas wants to be. It's like what Vegas thinks be. it is. Yeah. Oh, it's just I'm the so greatest. Jealous. I might just greatest. come on this trip. Do it. Oh, Do it up. We've probably got an extra bed. Um, how about your bed? Um, let's see. What is my bud for the week? Oh my God. I think for me, the bud for this week is the movie Hustlers. Mm. I cannot wait to see this movie. Mm. Um, it combines all of my favorite things. Cardi B, (laughs) JLo, really smart strippers Mm. and scamming men. (laughs) Just inject it into my veins. I'm ready. Can't wait to see it. So yeah. That is exciting. 
How about you? On Saturday, I'm going with other new mommies mm-hmm. and our, our husbands are coming yeah. too, but I guess like, really, it's for <laughs> yeah. us. Um, Plus ones. We're going to see Ali Wong at the Wilter. Oh, oh she's great. So I'm really excited about That's that. So I watched her. Was it her last special when I was yeah. towards the end oh, of my pregnancy? Yeah. And I just thought I was going to like give birth. I was laughing. <laughs> so, I mean, I watched it on my laptop yeah. I, and I just, oh my God, she made me laugh so hard. So um, yeah, I'm also looking forward to yeah. laughing yeah. this weekend. She, yeah. I spent two years with her sitting next to her in a writer's room and she is the funniest person in the yeah. world. And, but like constantly to a point that it's hard to get work done. Yeah. She's a class clown. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's relentless. I'm so jealous. Um, Beautiful yeah, class great. clown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's very. <gasps> I was just yeah. realizing I sat down with my friend Kate yesterday, who is Amy Poehler's producing partner. And she said, Amy says this thing um, that it's God is fair. And it's like, well, you either usually get like one or the other. You can't be like hot and funny. And now I'm realizing Ali Wong. Yeah. Ali Wong There's is the exception. So many but like, Ooh. funny, like, okay. Um, <laughs> who? Wow. I thought of one really? person yesterday. But <laughs> Tiffany I, Haddish, hilarious and hot. And yeah, that's true. Really. And Ali. Tina Fey, hot. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, like. Maybe oh, women that, more yeah. than. We're I very good at maximizing a, our potential. She's <laughs> in every way. <laughs> we just strive and we work so hard. And men are like, I'm funny. Do I have to work out? And you're like, no. I'm really. like, no, not at all. Not at all. We're in like, fact, mm-hmm. it's better if you don't. That's fine. Oh my gosh, we did it. Thanks so much for coming in. It was such Thank a delight you. talking to you. Is, so there, is there anything you want to talk about? Any like, um, anything, any, you want to plug? anything you want to plug? Whether it's a cause or like an event, like anything. Yeah. Anything. Your organization. Well, Superstores, um, we're coming back our fifth season premieres on september 20 whatever the thursday is that week september 20 something (laughs) i should know this 26 i want to say thursday september Uh, comes back on september 26 you said (laughs) that's what i said and then also something i'm really excited about um i executive produced a new comedy for netflix called hentified that's written by these two awesome young latinx writers um and it's about it's set all in boyle heights it's about the gentrification of boyle heights young beautiful latinx people their lives their love their laughter and that premieres sometime next year on netflix but i'm really excited about that and really excited we're the writers so we can track marvin lemus Mm -hmm. and linda yvette chavez these two beautiful i call them kids because they were when we started they were like not 30 yet i'm like (laughs) your children (laughs) um and i feel superior when i call them children but they're so insanely ridiculously talented and it's always only just been my wildest dream to as a producer to like create opportunity oh that's opportunity for young people who don't often you know get the mentorship to succeed Mm -hmm. as we were talking about you know getting in the door is one thing but succeeding and thriving is a whole other and so um, i'm really proud of it and it's an awesome funny beautiful beautiful show and at this moment you know narratives about the latinx community are are vital and we need it so it's a it's a bright spot i think that will come uh for our community also, I just like, I'm so, so grateful for any stories that um, are talking about the like, like gentrification in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it is like my neighborhood at the moment is at a horrific point where everywhere I look, like the identity of the people that have been in the neighborhood for 30, 40 years. And also, you know, I am, you know, technically a gentrifier, but 
being raised by private equity companies. Yeah. <laughs> there is a sweet green, which is basically just turned the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah, and the friction of, you know, again, less housing. And again, parts of why these neighborhoods were actually able to survive in the first place to then just basically be stolen is just the violence yeah. of it is just so <clears throat> incredible <clears throat> to watch. And so, yeah, I'm just grateful for any stories, but also to kind of like find out, it's like, you know, how can I be helpful to my neighborhood? How can I actually not be part of a problem? Mm. Um, and how do I help, you know, keep the people that have been here before me to still be able to stay here? So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm very excited to watch. Thank it. you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. For show notes, including links to the products, services, people, and causes mentioned on this episode, you can subscribe to our official newsletter, Stuff and Things, through the link in our show notes or at foxybrownspod.com. See you next week. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 